Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. <sighs> The only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. And there will be no encore. Welcome to episode 115 of the No Encore Music Podcast. I'm back. Oh, how we've missed you. Have you though? Of course. That's Colin Morrigan. How you doing, buddy? Who? Uh, how am I doing? Yeah, great question. You you, you filled in remarkably. As did the guest uh, hosts that we had and various others. So I want to say a quick thank you to everyone who uh, was involved in the last few weeks when I wasn't here. Everyone. Everyone. Uh, Claire Beck. You. Mm-hmm. Craig Fitzpatrick. Mm-hmm. Dahi. Andrea Cleary. David Tapley, and that's it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Eve Murray as well, of course, our, our, our astonishing sonic architect. Uh, I'm kidding, of course. Zara Hederman deserves some credit. Because, to be fair, I thought she played a blinder for her last ever episode of No Encore. <laughs> she, went a, out, she went out with a bang. It's a heck of a way to say goodbye. Yeah, and like, fair play to her. Uh, but no, uh, it's been cool. I, uh, it's been cool. It hasn't been cool. I've been, I've been off for a few weeks. And i uh, not going to bore you with the details or nothing, but I got really sick. <laughs> like, I'm still sick. I have a prolonged viral infection that hit pretty much immediately when I took time off. Well, do you think it's the universe trying to tell you something, Dave? I think it's a really annoying, frustrating thing. I've basically, not to put too dramatic points, on it, but it was and continues to be. You wouldn't do that. 
physical and mental collapse, yeah, basically is, is how I would put it. Uh, I spent an awful lot of time in my bedroom watching shit TV um, and just whatever. And it was just, yeah, I, all my plans of like, you know, going to the gym and doing creative writing and turning off my phone and all that kind of stuff just didn't really happen. I did delete Twitter off my phone, though, which is oh, it's know, a good, yeah. a bit of a step. And I must say, it's, yeah, it's, it's the move. Oh, it's excellent. It's so good. <laughs> it's the move. It's so good. So, yeah, um, I'm not back to 100%, but I'm getting there. I had it's a heck of a way to sell the upcoming show, Dave. Yeah, I'm going to do my best, but it's good to be back. <laughs> I'm genuinely very excited. I did a podcast yesterday as a bit of an acid test. I was on Claire Beck. I oh, yeah. Aforementioned her fearful and podcast, which is out now. If you want to go and check out, listen to me for another hour. And I'm talking about death, spiders, sleep anxiety, the, uh, what else we got on that? Like violence in the movies and various different things. It was a fun chat, despite the heavy nature of those subjects. I, I mean, like... <clears throat> was there any fun there? Is it just fear? It's me, mate. What do you think? Yes, fair point. So we talked about one other thing as well in that episode, and I mean, like, obviously, we're very conscious of the fact that this this is going to be a very dated thing, and also that no encore. We're not like a real hardcore serious political show or anything, but at the same time, it would be remiss of us, I think, to not acknowledge the fact that this episode drops on Friday the twenty fifth of May, mm. which of course is referendum day for to uh, repeal or retain the Eighth Amendment. I mean, I don't know when you listen to the show. It could be done and dusted by the time that you do. Uh, if it isn't, and if you're unsure of voting or if you're not going to vote but you're registered, etc., I would encourage you to please go out and vote yes. Uh, we, we, we support yes, uh, like the yes vote on this podcast. For one week only, we are yes encore. And, I mean, not going to get into the specifics of anything. Like, I, I, like, you know, you got whatever. You know, like, you probably know what you're doing at this stage. But ultimately, I think it's an amazing opportunity to give compassion, love, rights, power, and equality to people who desperately need it and deserve it in this country. And I really, really, really hope that when the dust settles on this, we're celebrating by, like, Saturday evening. And also celebrating with Liverpool losing the Champions League final. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? <laughs> so, uh, but seriously, guys, yeah. I mean, I'd like to think that our listeners are pretty much in the same page as us. And I, I, yeah. I, I believe that. I hope that. I'm hopeful. Uh, I really, really hope that this country will progress further than it has before. And I, yeah, so, you know, let's do it. Let's fucking do it. Let's indeed. And let's do the show. Um, yeah, preamble. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I almost want to move up the what have you been listening to or whatever uh, up to the top of the, the list here. Because right. with the exception of one album, uh, the Arctic Monkeys album, I'll talk about that later. Right. But uh, I've, yeah, I've, I've consumed a lot of media in these three weeks, particularly while... That's fair, yeah. <laughs> while being, it seems to be what we do these days. While being ill, yeah. I mean, I'm, I, I prepared some notes on this, and I'm just going to go... Oh, speaking of preparing some notes, oh. Cullum shocked me yeah. earlier on. What did you do? I sent you all my notes for this podcast. I didn't realise that you took notes. I thought you were like me, you just winged it. No, I, I, I don't know what came over me. I meant to send them to myself, obviously, and for some reason, yeah, I just decided, fuck it, Dave. And yeah... <laughs> Then, then he it's was just details. like, uh, dude, what happened? I messaged you and I was like, I thought one of two things. One, he is quitting the podcast and he's like, do it yourself. Here's what <laughs> I here's what I would have said. You put on a funny voice. Or, yeah, or number two was, uh, it's, it's clearly an error. Yeah, yeah, no, it's very clearly an error, yeah. <laughs> I can't wait to read them after the show. I, I didn't spoil myself because, yeah, I don't know. So, okay, so um, let's start with a book. I read a book. Oh, good Lord. Are we actually doing a full cultural review? There's a reason. It's Meet Me in the Bathroom, oh, okay. which we've talked about Fair quite enough. a lot on this That's show. Fine. The Lizzie Goodman book, which oh. chronicles the New York music scene between 2001 and 2011. Uh, I thought it was mostly... Horrible. Oh, really? <laughs> in, in terms of... The people, man. Oh, yeah, sure. I don't want to hang out with any of these people. I think that was kind of the idea, though, wasn't it? 
It's I mean, meant to be a pretty sleazy. It's called Meet Me in the Fucking Bathroom. I mean, like. it's more of a hagiography than anything else. Right, really. And it's, so it's all bite-sized quotes from people, which I like. It's a good, yeah. a good way of reading it, you know, in this, in this modern era with attention spans lacking. You want paragraph breaks, baby. <laughs> so, okay, I'll say this, right. So, almost everyone in the book is terrible. Right. Um, I mean, like, some people aren't. Karen O seems cool. Uh, Brandon Flowers pops up about 400 pages in, and it's a breath of fresh air. Okay. Seems like a genuinely lovely guy. Good religious boy. But the likes of Tim Goldsworthy, complete brick. Uh, James Murphy, wanker, uh, so on and so forth. Like these, these people who like, they, like they, they have this bar, and they're like, you know, the dress code was like, if this guy looks like a junkie, let him in, and if this guy's wearing a suit, not happening, mate. And they're all so fucking proud of themselves, man. It extends to the journalists as well. Some of them in particular. There's one called Sarah Lewiton, and I'm like, I, you people are gross. Like you're so in love with yourself. Like it's unbelievable. There's some good anecdotes, of course, here and there. There's great stuff about David Holmes and how David Holmes went over to New York and fell in with the DFA crowd, and basically like just you know, drinking and drugging for like six months or whatever the fuck. And he yeah. was like, I'm not making my album. This is really frustrating. I want to make this album. And then they were like, uh, see you later, you square. <laughs> and he goes back to Northern Ireland and finishes it in like three weeks. Yeah. Uh, but there's some hilarious bits where like at one point they were like, because uh, like everyone just turns on him because these people are incredibly fickle. And they're like, oh, I mean, like it was absolutely ridiculous. Like we're in the studio at one stage and there was a fucking sitar in the corner. That's how Britpop bullshit it was. There's also a great moment where like someone tells a story about how David Holmes um, sparked out the singer from the Black Crows Okay. In like the bathroom of a bar or something, uh, because he called him like a fucking paddy fuck or whatever the hell, and the guy was like, you know, or a Protestant or something, and he got he got he goes, "Dude's Irish Catholic." It was basically an invitation, and then the next line is David Holmes going, "I cannot believe he told you that story." <laughs> <laughs> so, but those moments were almost few and far between. It's so long; it's like over six hundred pages long for no sure. reason. And also, here's my question to you: Okay, was it that big of a deal? <laughs> like, was it? Like, I mean, and also, sorry, the book starts off with, um, like, I swear to God, man, I never want to hear the words New York City ever again. Well, sure. I yeah. don't care. It's obviously, <laughs> like, obviously going to be enormously New York Central. Was it such a big deal? I mean, it I was, mean, but also, like, talk a bit overblown. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of it has to do with whether or not you were there. <laughs> and, and, and even whether you were kind of like, you know, following it in, in live, in real time, so to speak, and, and immersed in it in some way. Because, like, I mean, I was, what, like... 13 when the Strokes album dropped mm-hmm. I would have been like you know my early teens during the formation of this scene it wasn't like I was sort of like oh did you hear what they did yesterday <laughs> because you know it, it was just passing me by but I'm guessing if you were actually following it yeah it was, it was big I'm just not sure New Yorkers care about New York this much do you think Casamancas despite all his faults of which there are many comes across like a very interesting fascinating fellow there are people in the book where I'm like yeah you know what this is interesting I'd like to read some more of this uh, Harmar Superstar right gets- an astonishing amount of play. Yeah? He's all over it. Because he's friends with Karen O or something. I'm like, right. I don't give a I, I shit. I mean, like, he did have a strange habit of just popping up in random places. Does it in this book? <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> Repeatedly. there you go. Yeah, I mean, it's fine. But by the end of it, I actually was like, I'm struggling to finish this. This is genuinely the last people I'd want to talk to at a party. Uh, you know, never hand them the ox cable, that kind of thing. Sure. It's just... It's, You're just going to get wall to wall Ariel Pink if Julian's around. Yeah, I, I, like, yeah. I enjoyed this stuff. Listen like, to like, it. Like, Interpol seem okay, I suppose, and, you know, here and there, but, like, it's just a, it's a bit... Vampire Weekend pop up at the end, and that was nice. The Walkmen get a little bit of play. There's this right. band that starts off the book called Jonathan Fire Eater, which basically was the formation of the Walkmen, minus Hamilton Lighthouser, essentially. And you read about them and how eulogized they are here, and I was like, you know what? I can't wait to check this band out. This is going to be amazing. Right. Threw it on. Garbage. <laughs> really? Yeah, absolute garbage. And, uh, yeah, like, it's interesting. Like, Tim Goldsworthy, like, he gets... Gets really fucked over, but he also seems like a complete dickhead. 
Same with Ryan. Sure. Same with Ryan Adams. So you're just like, I can't really feel sorry for people. Albert Hammond Jr. is like really depressing to the point where like he's still alive and kicking, and that's great. And I think is he clean these days? He probably is. I think possibly. But so, dude, yeah. there are portions of this book where he turns into fucking Dookie from The Wire, and I'm like, this <laughs> is so hard to read. Sure. I mean, look. Here's what I would say. That was a point, though. If you're into music books, read it. But Jesus, it's long. Okay. <laughs> it's long. So in terms of music, though, I've been listening to a bunch of stuff, and I'm going to cycle through it very quickly. So uh, here and there, I've listened to, uh, went back to Vampire Weekend's debut album. I think it's a fine record. Uh, the John Hopkins album that you guys reviewed in the show, I, mm-hmm. I th- I, it's one of my favorites of the year so far. I would say that the Rival Consoles album, which came out maybe the same week or the week after, and does kind of similar stuff, might be as good, if not better. I don't know. Check it out. Uh, Janelle Monáe, mm-hmm. you guys came under fire from a listener of the show for your review of Janelle Monáe. And I defended you on Twitter. All oh, right, I didn't look. <laughs> Head in the sand. Sure. Essentially, uh, the gentleman in question was basically saying that, oh, like, the No Encore lads have reached peak music critic, which I would take as a compliment. That sounds great. I That's what I was going for. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, capital P, uh, capital M, capital C. I think he was making a point. Cool. And essentially, he was just basically saying how, like, you know, why are you highlighting all these flaws and yet still giving a good review? And I was like, well, isn't that the point of an in-depth review? I mean, to, to look at every kind of aspect of yeah, this? Yeah, to, to, to be fair, I would add as well that like, I, I, I will only do that if everyone else is doing the praising pretty well. And that seemed to be the case with the Janelle Monáe album. As in, like, yeah. it was getting, like, wall-to-wall eight and nines. I didn't think anyone needed to join in the chorus of why it was good. Well, for me, it's a seven out of ten. I liked the album. And ultimately, this exchange with the listener on Twitter was good-natured. And I was very much like, listen, you know, I appreciate your passion. And I do. I mean, mm-hmm. disagree with us by all means. And if we ever fuck up badly, for sure, call us out. Oh, yeah. However, I just believe in criticism to be criticism. I think it's important. And I think, I've said it before and I'll say it again, we're in the era now, maybe we always were, uh, maybe it's just more prevalent now with social media, but we're in the era now of like personality trumping material, and that annoys me. I think sure. Janelle is fucking cool, she's awesome, but she's also incredibly trendy for a lot of reasons, oh, yeah. and you know, as a result, I think overrating her music is patronising and damaging in the long run. It's a 7 out of 10 album, it starts off fantastically, it tails off towards the end, I like it, it hasn't really held my attention, and I would rather have a middling review of it that's honest than one that is like just like overblown and hyped. You know, like, I understand if you're excited about it, great, I'm, I'm not here to, to, to pour cold water on it. Or that. indeed, if you love it, but also, if that's just your taste. Also, we're critics, that's yeah. what we do. Uh, apart from that, I listened to Shun, good album, uh, Boris's Pink album, which is a great album from 2005, if you're into noise, rock and weirdness, and uh, Gomez, bring it on, because I interviewed those oh, guys yeah. recently and they were sweethearts to talk to uh arty monkeys as well but we'll get there will we oh yeah sorry later Don't in the later, later yeah. in the show yeah uh all right yeah one thing that we did want to mention this week because i neglected to last week partially because i didn't want to ruin tapley's kind of cool substitute teacher vibe um, oh my god that is what that was like yeah no it really now that you say it yeah um <laughs> but was 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 the passing of scott hutchison which occurred i guess like a full week before that show in itself so two weeks ago now yeah um, I was in France when 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 I heard. Obviously, he'd been reported missing for the few days beforehand, and uh, yeah, he's there's a mural just gone up in tribute to him in Glasgow, which I suppose was as as good an excuse as any to kind of revisit it because uh, it, it again, again, it was another one of these stories of a young man in music taking his own life. Well, before we get to your personal experience of it, which is another one of the reasons why we want to talk about this is the last episode I was on was Avicii. Yeah. And now I'm back for this. And this hit me really hard, even though I'm not a frightened rabbit guy. Like, But it really fucking hit me in the chest. And once again, I find myself sitting here with, I don't know what to say. Yeah. And essentially, I thought about this. And I, I don't generally rehearse, but I did think about what to say. And I don't quite have the right way of phrasing it. But I just want to say that, like, I think, and I'm, 
please believe me, I'm not in any way romanticizing or glamorizing his fate or his exit. I'm not doing that at all. But I, I will say that I think that the way he, his last communication on Twitter, what he said, how he said it, and how he chose to go off and, and you know, live his truth and make the decision and that kind of thing. I, I remember years ago talking to a really good friend of mine about suicide and he was very kind of condemning of it mm. and ultimately I understand where he was coming from it was from a place of emotion uh, and that's what these things are and I however I, I'm not going to say something as potentially triggering and harmful as suicide is brave that's not what I'm saying but what I am saying is I have to respect the person who makes their own decision in such an incredible like I, final unfortunately an incredibly tragic way and I just feel like there's there is a poetry to Scott Hutchinson and the way he lived and the way he died and what he did for people and it's, it's really like the, the reason why I sound like I'm not coming to a proper point here is because I don't know what the lesson is and I don't know what to take from a 36 year old man who had exceptional talent and really like so much empathy I mean yeah. you, you see what he meant to fans and I know a couple people in particular who have been like so devastated about this that it's actually it's affected them hugely and I don't know him terribly well and I found myself fucking crying and I just think it's I think it's really fucking sad I don't know what to say I know that you actually were closer to him than I realised yeah well I, I first saw Frightened Rabbit play I guess I was a Frightened Rabbit guy to to, to um, preface this I saw Frightened Rabbit play, I guess, about a decade ago in, in the old Oak and Cork, one of those free gigs, like, when it really wasn't happening for them. And um, following the year, they played Cypress Avenue, I guess. Um, kind of met them after the shows, you know, had a beer. Scott came on our uh, radio show when we were in college. I think I've said on this podcast before, you always get a big thumbs up if you're the sort of person who makes room for a bunch of teenagers doing a college radio show. And he did. And then two years later, they played Cork and they'd become more popular, I guess. I hadn't really recognized it until the night of the gig when you were out. And uh, my friend's like, oh, do you remember your ticket? And I was like, oh, I didn't buy a ticket yet. And they're like, well, it's sold out. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit, what? And I was like, what am I going to do? Like, I know a bloke who does sound in Soaps Avenue sometimes. And I know someone who works there. Should I get on to them? And I was like, fuck it, I'll get on to Scott. So I just texted him. And it was like proper like, hey, buddy, long time, no talk. Um, and he was like, yeah, you're going to get list plus one. Like, let's catch for points later. And we did. And we did it again a few years later again. Um, and obviously, like, yeah, I got to know him a little bit. I'll, like, I'll be perfectly honest and say that, you know, a lot of the testimonies that fans have come out with, because obviously he was always open about his struggles and so on and so forth. Um, I, I never really spoke to him on that level most of the time. I was just kind of shooting the shit, to be perfectly honest. Um, obviously, he would consistently been, be, you know, interrupted by other fans and stuff like that and people getting things signed. And it was really interesting to read interviews with him. Um, his very last interview, I think, was that kind of rank your records bit on Noisy, where you're talking about, like, you know, when he wakes up in the morning, like, you know, if he's, you know, it's a kind of a six out of ten, and if he wakes up at a seven, it's a good day. And it was kind of really weird to hear because the Scott that I'd always known and, and encountered was kind of a a bit of a nine or a ten out of ten. Like, he seemed to be a, it's often the case. a happy bloke. And what's more, I mean, you know, <laughs> a lot of signs pointed towards him having his shit together, basically. Um, yep. You mentioned the poetry. Like, I don't know how many people are aware, but there's a song on the Midnight Organ Fight called Floating in the Forth. Um, it is about committing suicide by jumping into the Forth River. And sure enough, a decade later, that's exactly what he did. Um, yeah. it, that's horrible to think about, but it also puts an, a, a, a kind of a strange 
twist on what had been, you know, like a moment at live gigs when he sang this song that was basically about overcoming suicidal feelings and suicidal thoughts. And yeah, un- unfortunately, clearly hadn't put those demons to bed fully. Like this is the thing, and again, there is no easy answer because that's it's a lifelong illness and mm. it affects people in different ways. And ultimately, I think at least his legacy will be one of love, and he will be remembered for the right reasons. And like I say earlier on, I, I apologize if I if, if I just really fucked up what I tried to say there. But like I say, it's it's hit me on a on a very deep level. And an awful lot of people as well, and it just you know it, it's you kind of want to break from it, you know, like you kinda, oh yeah, oh you, yeah, because like, you look for you look to these people to be your hero, you look for them to be larger than life and to live vicariously through, and also connect uh, with on an amazing level that actually does speak to you, and it's just it's uh, it's such a shattering, yeah, and what's more, I mean it. it raises new questions i saw vince james vincent mcmorrow was one i'm sure there were others talking about you know if there's something kind of inherent in the music industry and as well if there's something um that the industry itself and and the various mechanisms mechanisms within whether it's labels or management and and so on need to kind of put more stock and more care into the you know, actual lives of the people involved in it. If if artists need to be looked out for a little bit more, and um, you know, that's definitely something that I think people need to talk about. It's something that we might indeed, you know, talk about in the future because, yeah, these conversations are happening, and I've seen some people kind of start saying how maybe in terms of music criticism and writing negative reviews of people, we need to be a bit more careful with regards to musicians' mental health that we may not have previously considered. And I think there's a line there. I mean, I myself, have, I've, I've written hit pieces, like I have, mm-hmm. and I try not to get personal or malicious, but I've, I haven't given thought to what if, you know, the fucking whoever like reads this, you know. I, I would never tag someone in on Twitter in a negative review. I would never be like, hey, check this out. Sure. Mate. But I also think that we need to have criticism. We need to, like, we can't, we can't get rid of the bad review. Like, it has to be there. Like, that's part and parcel of the game. I understand that people want to communicate better, and that's great, and maybe that's how things will change. But at the same time... I believe in uh, meeting art on its own merits and demerits. And that's yeah. the thing. However, I will say this, though. The day of the Scotterson news was the day of the release of the Arctic Monkeys album. And oh, yeah. I myself, I didn't have a hot take, but you know me. On Twitter, I'll give you the odd hot take. But even if I had one, I was like, this feels so inappropriate today. Sure. Because people were. People were like, this album's garbage, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, this just doesn't feel right. Like, it, do, it doesn't feel like the thing to do. And, of course, what a shock. You know, you, the next day you're like, oh, I can probably do it now. Uh, because, <laughs> because even, but even like Scott, I know we're talking about him two weeks on, but I'm glad that we're talking about him two weeks on because everything happens so fast now. Yeah. And I don't want to forget these things. But, yeah, I mean, interesting conversations are arising as a result. But, like I say, I mean, I hope the guy's at peace. Yeah. He gave people an awful lot. He deserved better. And unfortunately, that's the way it's gone. Um, so we're going to move again, you know, like one of our typical whiplash segues into lighter fare now. You may have noticed that Craig has been very quiet so far. <laughs> I, I think he I think he has a cold. Uh, quick Grimes update. So um, you guys talked about recently and she's now dating Elon Musk. And yeah. Everyone has an opinion on it for some reason. Who cares? What's up with this? <laughs> Why can't someone live their life? However... They ain't making it easy for people who are paying attention. No, uh, Grimes has announced that she's changing her name to an italicized lowercase c. Yep. Um, Claire Boucher, of course, which you, you have to presume is where the c actually came from. 
Um, uh, yeah, it says, like, all her friends called her C anyway. So when she wanted to rebrand, um, Elon, Elon, decided, uh, or suggested, um, well, a lowercase italicized C is the speed of light, I believe. Would you say in, that in, they're mad crack at a dinner party? <laughs> they'd definitely be interesting. I mean, that is one thing, though, to be fair. I mean, like, everyone's like, you know... Oh, like, she's dating Elon Musk, but he's so weird. And you're like, have you met Grimes? I'm more on the side of them in this situation, to be honest with you. Because I'm just like, let them fucking be in love. Who oh, cares? Oh, well, that too. Yeah, obviously. Like, that goes for people just like, about Grimes, everyone who's... Grimes is cancelled. Because, you know, that's what, we do, that's what we do now. We cancel people. We cancel people. We cancel yeah. people, yeah. Like, we throw them out. Like, like once they do something that we don't like, we cancel them. As if they're Country fucking... was cancelled not so long ago, but I can't remember why. Yeah, I'll tell you why. Why was it? Because of me. How did you get cancelled? How did because you get I wrote, the country cancelled? I wrote an article on Joe. Yeah. 11, like 11 songs. Oh, for Coldplay. Coldplay, yeah. Coldplay, yeah. yeah I right. said, yeah, they're, yeah, yeah. they're only, a definitive proof that there are only 11 good Coldplay songs. Yeah. And on Twitter, like, Coldplay fans came at me and they, like, criticised my choices and they were like, Ireland is cancelled. Ireland got cancelled, yeah. Yeah, well, to be you fair... you yourself, Dave. Yeah, I am, yeah. I hope our, <laughs> and I hope Ireland uh, doesn't have to actually be cancelled in the coming days, but who knows, maybe it will. Um, but as regards, yeah, I don't know, like, let Grimes do whatever the fuck she wants. She makes great music, she's yeah. an amazing live performer, she seems cool, she's welcome on the podcast any time, of course, as is Elon Musk. Yeah. Why not? How do we say lowercase, italicize C, do we just call her C now? Grimes. Grimes. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, that's Grimes. how it's pronounced. Yeah, that's cool. it. So, quick arting, that up. quick arting monkeys update. Oh, yeah. Um, their album is selling very well on vinyl. It's like the fastest, most popular yeah. final in years. I mean, if I remember correctly, AM kind of like set records at the time as well. Liam um, Gallagher previously held this one, though, with yeah. As You Were. Yeah, but it, it smashed it, really. I think 16,000 in the first week was Liam Gallagher's number. Uh, 24,500 for the Arctic Monkeys. I'm sure it's breaking the heart of people who are stuck at the back of pressing cues. <laughs> but... The reason this is here is because I kind of want to crowbar on my own thoughts on the on last week's review. So, uh, yeah. Tapley destroyed the rating system. What would you have given it out of 10? You were quite enamored by this. Album. Oh, 8.5, I think. Like, Interesting, yeah, okay. I love it. Well, I started off very much, you know, being like, I think my first listen, I was like, well, this is garbage. Right. Uh, like, this is nonsense. Uh, I haven't listened to it exceptionally a lot. Right. I listened to maybe five or six times. I, I must say, I find myself I'm uh, full of problems. They're ba- a band that I've never quite loved. I think they peaked with, like, a certain romance in 505 and whatever. But, like... I respect this album a lot more than I thought I would and that I did at the start. I respect it for existing. I respect him for challenging a fan base that would be used to, you know, your Brian Storms and whatever else, which are perfectly good songs in their own right. I like the fact that this band with that fan base is trying something different and is, you know, people are kind of going with and against it. I think I'm somewhere in the middle. There's been reviews calling it a trash fire of a record, sure. and there's been reviews being like, this is an exceptional, like, amazing journey into songwriting and blah, 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 blah. For me, it doesn't quite hold up over the course of the record. I, his lyrics become repetitive, and I think he's not actually as sharp, wit-wise, and kind of, you know, even, like, lyric-wise, as he can be and has been before. Right. He definitely is in places, but I think by the end of it, I'm like, you've kind of made your point here, like, the same way a bunch. But I must say... It melted away my cynicism, and I didn't think it would. Yeah. But I still can't see myself like being like, yeah, like this is one of my albums of the year. But yeah, I mean, like I, I was kind of wrong-footed, and I, I like that it exists. Yeah. So. For sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I said all I have to say on it, frankly. But uh, you have indeed. So we'll move on. Yeah. Uh, a quick chromatics update. Oh yes. Uh, Craig has left the room, so he can't actually uh, get involved here with his typical Johnny Jewel situation. But we'll we'll move on without him because you know we're, we're pressed for time. So yeah, um, dear Tommy is allegedly coming. Allegedly. Uh, Johnny Jewel says that's the plan, unless I change my mind again. Uh, meanwhile, he put out another different album. 
Yeah. Which to me is just trolling at this point. Oh, it, it, that is exactly what this is. He's like, oh, there are eight videos made for Dear Tommy at this stage. And and it's just fucking dropping then. I mean, like, he's very clearly trolling. It, it's it gotten absolutely to a point. Is. I like chromatics a lot. And like, to be fair, Black Walls comes out. I know you guys talked about it on the show. I know you weren't mad about it. I would agree with you that, you know, it's a chromatics track. Like, mm-hmm. like it does what you would expect it to do. At this stage, I'm like, just come on, you know? Like, I mean, it's become it's become too much of a thing. And I, I don't think we're getting blonde. Like, like this is the thing. I think we're going to get a really good chromatics album. Oh, uh, which yeah. is welcomed with open arms, but we're not going to get this exceptional hype justifying payoff. There's very little to suggest that we will. Yeah. And 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 as well, I mean like he's been talking more about the kind of near death experience that prompted him to destroy every physical copy of Dear Tommy that existed a couple of years ago that you know he's swimming off Hawaii on Christmas Day, I think it was. And yeah, got into trouble and almost drowned. And there's part of me that feels really bad when you hear a story like that, and you're like, "Look, I sympathise." But still, <laughs> come on, mate. Like, okay, just a few, even an EP. It's not, <laughs> <laughs> not these, you know, themes for television that you made. Like, you know, like that's yeah. nice to have. But come on, man. So, um, about a year ago. The script made headlines when Danny O'Donoghue oh, yeah. stood up to the terrorists and okay. said, you know, that we need to be fighting this terrorism. And, you know, to be fair, he has now put his money where his mouth is, and he's taking on audio terrorism in the form of X Factor winner James Arthur. So, essentially, they have hit him with a lawsuit. Mm-hmm. They've become the rich. Yeah. And why? Well, let's have a quick listen uh, first to the script. Going back to the corner where I first saw you Gonna camp in my sleeping bag, I'm not gonna move Got some words on cardboard, got your picture in my head Saying, if you see this girl, can you tell her where I am? Some try to hand me money, but they don't understand I'm not broke, I'm just a broken hearted man Then uh, James Arthur. I met you in the dark. You lit me up. You made me feel as though I was enough. We danced the night away. We drank too much. I held your hair back when you were throwing up. Then you smiled over your shoulder For a minute I was stone cold sober I pulled you closer to my chest And you asked me to stay over I said I already told you I think that you should get some rest I knew I loved you then But you'd never know Cause I played it cool And I was scared of letting go That's why. Enough of that. I think they've got him banged to rights to be they fair, have don't absolutely, they? He's, he's done. It's unbelievable. <laughs> it's like. open and shut. Yeah. <laughs> the one thing that I was saying about this, though, is like, you know, whatever about the thievery, I'm more disappointed in, like, who James Arthur has selected to thieve from. 
You know, as in, like, when we were talking about, you know, like, blurred lines with Marvin Gaye, for example, or, like, Sam Smith being pulled up for Tom Petty, and you're like, these are good artists. If, if you want to sound like someone, model yourself off those guys. Do you reckon he thought, oh, they're just some Irish pop band, no one's going to figure this, this out. This was Father Ted in reverse, like, <laughs> trying to take the Norwegian... The script also, I mean, we're not fans or nothing, but they are... A colossal band. You kind of forget oh, yeah. how big they are around the world. Around they're, the world, exactly. Huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's like TMZ royal- reported this. What's that about? There's piles of royalties from like Brazilian tours and stuff. Oh, they're the ultimate, the balance, they're yeah. the ultimate come to Brazil band like, yeah. in, in the comments. But they go to Brazil. They do. And I will say this, you know, the Manic Happy Move was their first single. It's now 10 years old, which is kind of terrifying. Yeah, that makes sense. And it's their best song. Like, it's not a bad song. <laughs> it's a perfectly adequate, well-produced, well-made song. And when it, when it launched, when it came out, I didn't think they were Irish. I was like, who, who is this oh, yeah. American band? Because yeah. it was very polished. Very but, much uh, so. Yeah, uh, as for James Arthur, I mean, really? Like, I, I was stunned that he has a career. I thought he's still there. Like. Amazing. Yeah. Although I did interview Mark McCabe a few weeks ago, and Mark McCabe noted that he'd done a remix for him. All right. So there you go. Wow. So, so I, <laughs> there you go. Was he looking for the Mark McCabe rub? Uh, who isn't? <laughs> I know I was. Uh, to Mark's credit, nice guy. So sure. there you go. And finally in the news this week, uh, Same as the script, for that matter. They seem like nice guys. Well, they've been nice guys with me. Okay. Other people have bad reviews, but I like them. Fair enough. Okay. Earth, Wind & Fire. <laughs> Taylor Swift did a cover of September. September, yeah. An absolute belter of a tune. Oh, and I actually still haven't heard it, because I saw all the headlines given out about it, and I was like, well, why would I want to listen to this? So, yes, I hadn't heard it until, like, just yesterday. Um, it's pretty rubbish. It's It's kind of... Banjo bass, and you are a Swifty. Yeah, but uh, as I've said before, like it's always kind of the the like polished, you know, newer sort of like pop electro side rather than this, which is kind of like you know hoe down country balladry sort of shit. Well, um, someone's come to her aid, kind of, kind of. Yeah, uh, <laughs> one of the writers, uh, Ali Willis, um, who Earth Wind and Fire brought in uh, during the sessions for that song and for that album. Um, yeah, she was playing a gig, and she kind of... This is some of the best passive aggression... Oh, it's incredible. ...I've ever seen. Yeah. Please tell me what she said. I mean, so... Yeah, well, so, actually, she'd reacted to it first online, I believe. She kind of, you know, somewhat... She gave it the seal of approval, kind of, like, the, the kind of the... Yeah, kind of, or, or at least a qualified one, I guess. Um, yeah, but... it was like, you know, like, Pele with a bag of uh, money endorsing a product or something, yeah. you know? But then she said... Uh, well, okay, you know, with the big start. On the same day things happened in Syria, the FBI broke into Michael Cohen's office. <laughs> the worst thing that happened as far as the internet was concerned on this 449th day, people who count the days that Trump have been in office. Come on, lads. Of all our brains feeling like they've been hurled back and forth like squash balls, the top trending topic was Taylor Swift cut of September. I re- didn't really think she did a horrible job. Yes, I felt it was as lethargic as a drunk turtle dozing under a sunflower after ingesting a bottle of Valium, and I thought it had all the build of a one-story motel. That's the best line. It's good. I, that, is an, that is fantastic. Yeah. I want Ali Willis on this podcast. <laughs> But he said, the girl didn't kill anyone, she didn't run over your foot, she just caught a very calm and somewhat boring take on one of the peppiest, happiest, most popular songs in history. Bringing it right back, that's like, like it, it's she just did a demolition job there while also going, yeah, she's fine, leave her alone. Yeah. That takes skill. No, 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 it's well done. I wouldn't um, want to get into a fight with this woman. Yeah, it, it, like, it, it isn't a good version of the song, to be fair, It's it, but it's just a shit cover, I mean, which I guess is her point here. That's that, part of life, you know? Yeah. Uh, it should be said as well, like, she takes tremendous offence, though, to 
the 21st of September being ch- changed to the 28th of September. Who cares? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, but as well, I mean, like, I'm sorry, but Earth, Wind & Fire themselves released a Christmas album a few years ago with that becoming the 25th of December in a re-recorded version of the song called December. You're still welcome on the show, Ali, but we may have some new questions Yeah, if we're going to give out about the legacy of that song being ruined, like... <laughs> Okay. Let's pick our targets. That's the end of the news section, Cullum. Mm-hmm. I guess that's the end of the show. Or is it? It is not, Dave. I'm out of the loop. I'm rusty. What can I say? <laughs> We've got an album to discuss. And this week, after seven long years, Snow Patrol are back. Their new LP is called Wildness. And it sounds like this. Don't understand The first sound of a That is album opener, lead single, Life on Earth. Uh, as I say, the first of the tracks on Wildness. Um, you had the chance to sit down with Gary Lightbody a couple of weeks ago, Dave. I did, yes. It's on joe.ie right now, if you want to go and check it out. So I guess give us the, the cliff notes, as it were, on the... Uh, How awkward I appear in the video? Well, no, I was going to say the delay on this record, I suppose, and a little bit of its background, because it has been a little while. Sure, okay, yes. Um, I... Well, I guess, real quick, I mean, like, Snow Patrol, there's Snow Patrol. Like, you know, like, yeah. I mean, yeah. they may not have any surprises left, or maybe they will, who knows. Yes, so they stopped touring Fallen Empires at the end of 2013. Like, a show-closing gig in, like, Belfast on, like, I think the 30th of December, so literally the end of the year. And then they went off the grid, essentially. Although Gary Lightbody kept doing stuff, he kept writing. He was writing yeah. for other people, he was writing for Tired Pony, he was writing for, like, uh, films and, sen- and TV show soundtracks and that kind of stuff. However, he essentially admitted finally I suppose I think people may or may not have known I don't know one of those open secret things whatever the fuck that he was struggling with alcoholism or at least some form of it anyway and I think some drug addiction as well and essentially copped on sorted himself out got clean he's been sober for two years now and he was saying that like until he got sober he couldn't figure out what he wanted to write Um, he said to me that he's he's always tried to be honest with Snow Patrol stuff yeah However, this is new for him. This is as honest as he's ever been. And I know that's like, you've heard that in a million press releases. But sitting opposite him and talking to him, and you can go and check it out, like I say, I was really impressed. I was really struck by a genuine sense of somebody who actually is absolutely in a new phase of their life mm-hmm. and have taken an awful lot of control. He noted that, like, whatever about reviews or whatever about what anyone thinks or whatever, how this album goes down, even with the fans, who he does care about, it it's okay because this is 
the album that he's always wanted to make and yeah. it is a genuine reflection of that and I have to say I think it does hold up in that regard over the course of these 10 tracks I with Snow Patrol, I think they, I think they're a band that have some exceptional songs here and there. I've never been a big fan. I saw them live on that tour, actually, the Fallen Empires one, and mm. I didn't like it at all. I thought it was tacky and kind of not great. And also, I thought he was, I, I thought he had like faux humility, and that's why when I went to interview him, I was, I was kind of trepidatious about right. it. But I must say, he really like you know, he really comes across like someone who's got his shit together, and, and I and I like that. I mean, first of all, I, I think it's important, you know, given that we were talking about Scott Hutchison only 20 minutes ago, uh, to doff the cap towards Gary Lightbody here, who yeah. took the time off, who, you know, dealt with a lot of stuff. I mean, I think he's doing meditation, mm-hmm. he's done therapy. Changed his diet. Yeah. The, the whole fucking reboot, I guess, because he realized that he was going down a bad path. And, you know frankly put the music to one side for a moment that is something to be applauded especially as i say when there are a lot of young men in music who apparently aren't uh either getting that care taken of them or taking that care of themselves the album on the other hand like i'll put it this way i will always have respect for a noble failure but unfortunately i think it is that interesting i think i think uh, sorry not to go off you but i'm the opposite really yeah i think it's really good okay I think this. Th- I think there there's too much square peg round hole going on here. Where whether it's with an eye to, you know, the sort of bombastic chorus that sort of has paid the bills for Snow Patrol over the past number of years, or whether it's the sort of Radio Two friendliness, so to speak, that um that that has made them what they are today. I think that even songs with the very best of purpose get waylaid every now and then and i think that there are other songs that are like come from a very good place so to speak there's one here which is based on his father's dementia for instance which is another thing that he had to deal with during this there's there's a long hiatus there's a lovely anecdote actually i didn't ask him about that because I interviewed him for about 20 minutes. The edit that's online is, is about 10. It's been cut down in half, uh, which is fine. Uh, but, like, I didn't ask him about that one aspect because I didn't want to lay things on too thick. I didn't want to be too whatever. I knew about that aspect. Yeah. So I went to, the same evening that I interviewed him, I went to that vinyl festival, that new festival in Kamenum, which mm-hmm. was like a talk, a series of talks, uh, even though there were people there who thought it was a real festival. <laughs> it, oh, was no. hila- oh, it was hilarious, man. There was like Festival Hunzos and then there was like a bloke like, who looked like he was out of his mind who was actually thrown out during the Jeff Barrow Killian Murphy <laughs> interview. What was he doing? I don't even know. I mean, Jeff Barrow trying like struggling to play some vinyl. The whole, I mean, like, it, but it was it was a fat like that was a noble failure. Let me tell you, no, it wasn't a failure. It actually did really yeah. really well and it was cool. And I was only there for the one day and I like I, I liked uh, it, it was it was different. Um, so essentially, uh, Snow Patrol were there doing a bit of a playback from this album as interviewed by Edith Bowman and. That came up. Right. They've made a they've made a music video for every track on this album, Metallica style. Right. <laughs> and Gary Lightbody mentioned how he has one. I don't think it's come out yet. Um, it's about that track, obviously. And oh. um, his dad's in the video. So he said the video is him and his dad watching home movies together. Right. And he said that it was a really lovely thing to get to do with him, and also quite bittersweet, and also kind of funny in a way because he said that like. At one point, his dad was like, "Like, what are we doing here?" Like, like, yeah. like, and then Gary had to like explain to him what was happening, and he goes, "Oh, okay, right." And then at one point, like Gary's singing along with the thing it, uh, for the purposes of the video being shot, and his dad like just cut like leans over and he's like, "Why are you singing?" So he was kind of like saying that you know it, it was a nice moment to have and everything. So uh, I think that song is quite impressive. Like, I mean, 
do you think it's too maudlin like do you yeah think you... oh yeah i do and but, like, like i say i mean like i'm not sort of taking issue with the inspiration by any means you know god oh, of knows, course not yeah god knows we've sat here and picked apart enough sort of like political protest songs oh no no no, no. Like, uh, like execution is, is what i'm getting here from yeah. Me, like, yeah oh I, I thought it was very maudlin yeah and 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 i thought it was i feel there's too much sort of like arms up to heaven sort of like why have you forsaken me about it um really yeah i did Wow, I, I didn't get a lot of anger. I mean, from you see, this. like he, here's the he, here's one of the issues that really sort of sticks in my mind, and I'll, I'll be interested to hear your thoughts here, depending on like you know before and after you met Gary Light. To be fair, I'm so. very conscious of that as well. Beca- yeah, and because you see, I think it's something that comes up with a lot of these types of albums. I can remember mentioning it once or twice in this podcast. Strangely, once for uh, an Elbow album, you weren't here, thankfully. I had glandular fever. Not thankfully. Yeah. It's the broad idea, basically, that this is a record that I think will mean a lot if you care about Snow Patrol and about Gary Lightbody. 100%. If you don't, I'm really not sure it drags you in. And perhaps that's why I'm rather unmoved, because ultimately... Yeah, I mean, okay, listen, I mean, like, I think you're you're doing a good job here of potentially calling me out. I mean, I have gone from, like, I remember I I sat down at, like, a Universal Music Ireland sizzle reel a while ago, and they played a snippet of the first track, Life on Earth, which is one that we played there and I do want to talk about that song in a second properly and I found myself sitting there being like well this doesn't sound like it should be on the radio and like it's not even that it's not jumping out at me like, like I'm not really feeling anything with this and then having sat down with him and talked to him and listened to him and especially listened to him talk about that song how like he wrote the chorus five years ago and it took him five years to write the rest of it yeah. and then really tuning into the lyrics and understanding them from having dealt with him in that intimate space was just me and him having a chat for like 20 minutes or whatever and he was exceptionally candid and honest and open in a way that a lot of musicians and artists aren't and I, and I, and I really liked that then for sure it did of course change the complexion of this album for me it, it absolutely did I mean you can argue is that was I informed in the right way or the wrong way was I am I now too close to my subject or something um, <laughs> I definitely have more goodwill for this album having done that interview there's every chance that had I not done it I could, in fact, be sitting here being like, it's a 6 out of 10. Yeah. So that's an element, absolutely. But from the frequency tuning in that I've done on this, I am on board with it. I do agree that, like, it's not a firework display of an album, but I almost like that as well, because it's it's almost like it's like, well, we're not doing Chasing Cards, even though, even though they did it on Jules Holland. Sure. Yeah, I'm, I mean, like, at the same time, I mean, like... Life on Earth, for instance. I mean, you said you wanted to to talk about this this, this track. I think particular. this is. A, I I think this is the best track on the album. I don't. I I, <laughs> I think I, it's a really great song. I, I mean, I feel as though this one, at a certain level, it does have a bit of a kind of a like like they're onto something, and it's almost as though somebody goes, "Here, lads, have we thought about what it's going to be if thirty thousand people are listening to the chorus though?" And suddenly it goes like this. I think it earns it though. I I really do. I I think it needs to get bigger. It's about. It's about that. It's about like being small and finding strength and lifting yourself up while also questioning what's around you and being like, oh, hang on. Yeah, this is these are the shit things that happen to us. But you have to kind of find find your own path. And I, I, I'll always be attracted to that kind of a song, man. You know me. <laughs> and I just feel like it is actually really good. I don't think it's cynical. I really don't. Oh, no, I, I, I wouldn't suggest there's a cynicism. I think it's more just the fact that, like, you know, as songwriters, they're in a certain zone. Basically, do you, not, do you not think that they have come out of it a little bit? No, 
Do you think? Do you do you think this is business as usual completely? Like, no, not not entirely completely. And actually, I think that in in some ways, I mean, for me, like the standout track here is um, "What If This Is All the Love You Ever Get." Excellent song, and partially because it's so pared back and it's so simple. I think it's probably the point on the record where lyrically, musically, in terms of its inspiration, everything kind of converges, I suppose, in a way that maybe just isn't managed on some of the other tracks. But you also couldn't have a whole album of that either. Oh, true, absolutely. So how do you find the balance? Yeah, and and I, I mean, I think that a lot of what they have done by way of trying to find the balance here is, and I know Gary Lightbody said, you know, that reaction of fans and of critics and stuff just doesn't really matter, but for me, he is communicating with a certain group of people or a certain amount of people who are going to take his words to heart personally. It kind of goes a bit like, you know, don't give in, don't you get, dare quit so easy and friends and foes and princes are all the same and blah, blah, blah. And it's like... Well, don't give in for me is the most, like, stock, I yeah. guess, track on here. Mm. That to me is the radio single. That to me is, you know... There's no room for subtlety here. Yeah. And I agree with you. And there is a consciousness there of like, well, we do have a community, I suppose, of fans, which they do. Yeah. And that's tricky. Uh, and it will result in the odd track like this, which is just standard enough. But it's not offensive. Yeah. I, I, I guess the thing is, though, that when you are, and I fully agree that he is lyrically and you know emotionally being very brave on this record... He's really taking things head on. I don't think it is nearly the musical bravery to match it, I guess. That could be, like, you, you could be totally correct there. I mean, like, the arrangements aren't electric. Like. No, I mean, like, a dark switch, which kind of changes it up a little bit. It has kind of, like, some electronic elements and stuff like that, which isn't regular Snow Patrol fare, but it just comes out the other end sounding like Bell One's Flame or something like that. Great song, Flame. Mm-hmm. This one is all right, and but 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 frankly, it's just like you know, for for your groundbreaking moment, I don't know. Can I ask you? Breaking ground for me. Okay, let's wrap up here. But I, I have a question for you, which has come to me based on pretty much everything that's been said. Okay, do you think you would either give this a better number, or do you think that you would actually enjoy it more if this was a Gary Light Body solo album? Hmm, that's an interesting. You see, yeah. It, it, I can only presume that if this was a Gary Lightbody solo album, it may well have gone in the same way as, say, like Nathan doing Little Matador stuff or Johnny McDay doing some of the writing that he, he's been doing and that it, it, it really goes away from the Snow Patrol thing. Um, no, it may not have. <laughs> and, and frankly, if it was a solo album that stayed directly within the box that it is now, I'd probably have been more disappointed. But... Yeah, I, I, I guess certainly. Yeah, like like break the Snow Patrol shackles. I suppose would would be what I'd wanted from this record, and I don't think they did that enough. Sure. Yeah, I, that's fair. I think that like to use your shackles analogy, they gave it a they gave it a go. They hit the shackles with a big hammer a couple of times. Yeah, yeah. But they also were like, just make sure that doesn't break now. <laughs> make sure it stays in, in some kind of you know thing. But like, again, I respect it. And like, yes, I have I suppose some kind of strange emotional connection to this album for a variety of reasons. Mm-hmm. You know, not least interviewing him, not least Scott Hutchinson, not least whatever in the last month. And I want to be on the side of this one, and I am on the side of this one. And I do think it's a seven point five at the end of the year. Maybe I'll dial that down. I don't quite know, but I found myself. I found myself moved by it in a way that I'm not really used to. And as a result, I have to champion it to that degree. I do think it's brave. I'm glad that you said it was because I do think it is. 
And yeah, for me, it's a 7.5. Check it out. Yeah, for me, it's, I'll say a 5.5. Like I say, always give credit for the effort and the sort of things that they've put effort into here. The been thinking about McDonald's all day. Can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. But uh, unfortunately, it doesn't quite work as it might have. Fair enough. Let's move into songs of the week. Let's indeed. Five songs, five numbers. You know the rules. Alrighty, uh, four. Okie doke. Number four, as I scroll down my notes, is... Black Eyed Peas. I did not know that they were still a thing. So here's a three-part song called Ring the Alarm. I wanna say what's on my motherfucking conscious. The whole world right now is fucking bonkers. The internet is the brand new conqueror. So watch out for the motherfucking monsters. Yikes. The trolls are the taunters. Whoever controls the data got the answers. They the one that got the code to the launcher. And they be having dinner with the Pope and the mobsters. They know the cure for the cancer Cure for the AIDS and they probably kill the panthers Put us in the cage, got us living like hamsters Put us in the dark, but I got me a lantern Open up my third eye, then I illuminate Really got a bird eye view, wanna elevate No Illuminati, baby, I'm God body The rapture like Blondie, waking up zombies Wake up, wake up, wake up sound the alarm Revolution time has come Wake up, wake up, sound the alarm Tell the people here come the storm Wake up, wake up, sound the alarm Revolution time has come Wake up, wake up, sound the alarm Ring the alarm, ring 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 the alarm Ring the alarm, That's the Fergulous Black Eyed Peas With Ring the Alarm, part one, part two, part three Now, I may have shocked you already, listener, by liking the Snow Patrol album Am I a bad music critic now that I didn't think this was complete garbage? No, I kind of agree with I think you the that first, it's not complete garbage. The first kind of half slash two thirds of this are kind of good. I mean, they're okay. It, like obviously, I looked. It's a, it's a trip back to the Fergulous Black Eyed Peas version one, I suppose, which is kind of twenty years ago at this stage. Um, it's going to be interesting to see if they can leave behind their image, and and I think like Will I Am's especially. As, you know, a kind of a pop star, the voice judge, random merchandise hawk. Um, oh, yeah, you say that. On the way over, on the back of Dublin bus, I saw an ad for Specsavers. Yeah. And it's Will I Am now available at Specsavers. And I was like, what, he is available at Specsavers? Really? Yeah. I don't know if I want that. I know. But I like my frames. But yeah, like, now, now that he has to leave that behind and, and as well, frankly, leave probably mainstream radio play behind with a track like this, um, in length, in subject matter, everything suggests that, you know, they're not too bothered about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, which, frankly, yeah, it, it, it is, you know, to their credit and it's it's going to be to their advantage as well, considering that what they were producing uh, pr- prior to that was largely muck. Yeah, like, this was shockingly all right. Yeah. 
Do we know if MC Taboo is still falling up and keeping on the positive, though? <laughs> I don't know just what his uh, mindset is right now. I just got an email from what sounds like a Black Eyed Peas rejected member, GDPR, about GDPR, rather. <laughs> yeah. uh, I got my millionth email about GDPR this week uh, from DCU, our, our old album. Right, matter. Okay. I'm not responding to that one. I assume I'll have one in a second. I have been loving this, because this is how I get off all those mailing lists now that yeah. I, I don't want to be on. Yeah, just don't reply, amazing. baby. Yeah, yeah. Fuck off, it's over. No more UKPRs not listening to me when I say, I don't live in London, I can't oh. go to the gig, but yeah. thanks. Yeah. No problem, Dave, catch you later. I live in Dublin, go away. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know, it's too much. And then people being like, hey, is this a good review for a place that you don't write for anymore? Sure it is, yeah, send it on. <laughs> Next track, uh, number, please call them again. Uh, two. Two, it's a track that I tried to crowbar into the show last week. I was definitely not micromanaging the podcast from afar, <laughs> listeners. It's Backstreet Boys. It's called Don't Go Breaking My Heart. It's Backstreet Boys. Here it is. That's not what love's supposed to do. Baby, don't go breaking my heart, breaking my heart. I think it's a bit of a jam. <laughs> I really like it. <laughs> I, 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 I mean, like, I don't, I don't hate it, it's but I don't, I don't like I'll take it what I can get. This is odd, though. Like, is this just Ease warming up for Forbidden Fruit by producing the Backstreet Boys comeback? Like, it, it's just got this weird <laughs> synth-like thing going on in the chorus, and and the middle eight lifted straight from um, Taylor Swift from Delicate. Was that the song? It's is it blank space same. or is it delicate? No, it's delicate, I think. Okay. Yeah, it's the exact same. Um, yeah, I think you're right, yeah. yeah. Like, I don't hate this. Also, though, I don't know who's listening to this. A Honestly, million apart from people you. on their YouTube channel, I believe. Right. Yeah, to be fair, it really came and went. Sure. Like, I don't know what this, what this is leading to. I don't even know the background, but it popped up and I was like, going to give it a go. And it turns out, Backstreet's back, all right. You're feeling it? I like it a lot. Yeah? Yeah, it's good tune. <laughs> Like, it's fun. It's a good, fun pop song. What age are they now? <sighs> 70? Like, this is 20th anniversary, is it? I think that's why they released it. Yeah, uh, I think, was back, Was everybody Backstreet's back 20, 20 years ago? Oh, I couldn't tell Feels you. Feels like 90 Precisely, but, yeah. I think it might be, yeah. That, yeah. that, that would sound about right. Uh, like, I mean, to be fair, welcome back, lads. You know, like, like you've... <laughs> We've yeah, missed you. Yeah, we need you right now. It's fine. <laughs> it's an enjoyable pop song. <laughs> I couldn't believe that, like what, what what I was seeing. I actually was like, "Whoa, I'm sick." First Black Eyed Peas know this. I was like, "Whoa, I re- I've really been hit for sex with this with this viral infection." <laughs> Backstreet Boys in 2018, and it's not bad. You know, check it out. All right, <laughs> um, let's go with number one next time. Fantastic! From the sublime to the ridiculous, to the ridiculous to the sublime. It's my boy Trent Reznor uh-huh. himself, a man north of 50 years of age. Nine Inch Nails are back. This is called God Break Down the Door. God Break Down the Door. God Break Down the Door. You won't find the answers here. Not the ones who came looking for. Now, if you're 
regulars of the show, you'll probably know that I'm a fan of Nine Snails. As a matter of fact, I'm going to see them in Amsterdam next month with a friend of the show, Mr. Faux Laidback Vibe himself, <laughs> Dahi Odroni. Mr. Pernicious Goblin. The Pernicious Dahi. Goblin of the West. <laughs> so, um, there's a new Nine Snails album coming out. It's not an EP. It's an album. <laughs> Purely for Spotify algorithms, really. I must say it? I'm a little bit disappointed in Trent here because he teased for a very long time this trilogy of EPs. Mm. There was Not the Actual Events, which came out at the end of 2016. There was Ad Violence, which came out last summer. And we were like, where's the third EP at, mate? And it turns out it's coming, but it's now an album. And Trent was like, look, it turns out EPs get lost on the digital landscape that we have now. So fuck it. It is what it is. Now, not everyone has uh, taken the news quite well. On the official Nine Inch Nails forum, which yeah. is still a thing that people do, <laughs> apparently, a user... If you can figure out Craig's username, by the way, do you get in touch? <laughs> Where is he? He hasn't come back from his <laughs> from, from his water break. Jesus. Uh, did you see him out in the hallway? I, I did not, no. Okay, I'm like, it's weird. Okay, so... Uh, <laughs> Uh, a user by the name of Quantum550, maybe that's Craig, we'll never know, uh, said, I know very well how an album length is and an EP length is. This is an EP. You can consult every source out that this duration is of an EP. An album would be seven tracks at minimum and over 30 minutes. I fucking hate the music industry sometimes. And then he goes, from what I've heard until now, Ad Violence ranks number one to my taste and not the a- actual events ranks number two. This will probably rank a low number three. The EP must have been delayed for obvious reasons, but the real fact is lack of inspiration mm-hmm. that is the truth i think then later a username by the name of titan responded and titan is in fact trent Reznor. Yeah. <laughs> and he said want to know why it's being labeled an ep or an lp instead of an ep because the show up with singles on spotify and other streaming services equals they get lost easier eps feel less important in today's music isn't as important as it once was world why make it easier to ignore we're not charging anymore for it so why get worked up about it and then he said quantum 550 suck my entire cock yeah now, it's been pointed out that apparently this EP is going to be 30 minutes and 11 seconds long. Mm-hmm. So, it turns out that he might be right in terms of calling it an album. Anyway, even it's called, in the technicalities. It's called Bad Witch. Yeah. The first track on it is called Shit Mirror. <laughs> but we're here to talk about God Break Down the Door, which um, the whole internet was rushing to break down the door, myself included, instantly saying, well, wow, this is Trent doing David Bowie Blackstar. Oh, yeah. With, with, with a mixture of uh, kind of Lost Highway, Perfect Drug, Eerie Nine Snails. Yeah, and I'm all for it, baby. Quantum 550 it needs to recognize. Yeah, there's not a lack of inspiration here. There's a lot of inspiration. It's David Bowie, um, <laughs> jazz, frankly. jazz weirdness. David Bowie. A lot of people pointing out. Yeah, they're like they they were kind of buddies. Really, they they were really good tour together in the mid 90s. Yeah. Um, close, somewhat unexpectedly, I think at the time. And yeah, they were close after that. Um, is it a tiny bit too restless? I don't know. If it, like to me, it felt like somebody who's grabbed you to scream at you and is then like scrambling to find words or something like that. Like like it it it's really abrasive, but doesn't necessarily have the full momentum across the four minutes or something like that. I felt it a little stop start. I feel like Trent Reznor would actually be like, "Yes, that's what I was going for." Thank you very much, Colin Morgan. Uh, okay, I'm, fair enough. I find myself fascinated. Uh, if Craig was here, uh, he he would uh, he'd probably say this, but I think he's uh, is that him? No, I, who knows? No, no, that's not him. Sorry, it's my reflection. Um, essentially, he'd be like, "Oh, I can't wait to hear how it sounds in the context of whatever," and I really can't wait to say how this sounds in the context of this six-track album. Sure, uh, I like it. It took a little bit of getting there. Uh, it's different. Trent is kind of singing and crooning, which he doesn't do a lot of, yeah. and he doesn't have the best voice for it. I think he himself would know that as well. But I think as both a pastiche, a homage to it's an old incarnation of Nine Inch Nails as well, 
it's effective and it's weird and it's and, and it's different and it's challenging and it's all those things and ultimately yeah. a water shock i eventually was like yeah kind of love it no <laughs> surely not they're a fucking amazing band my friend let's have a number all right uh what do i have left five Okay, it's Disclosure. They're back for what I think is a standalone single, and it's called Ultimate. give disclosure an ultimatum of my own i would say please don't put out really uh unnecessarily long and meandering and pointless singles like this yeah well so this one started out in nine minutes am i right that's correct apparently it's got cut down since well there was an edit and ha- has it actually changed online yeah it seems so what yeah. i didn't even notice that yet it was nine minutes in its original incarnation yeah um like i say yeah they have cut it down thank god uh <laughs> it's a sample from fatumata diawara who's really good in it Oh, it's phenomenal! It's great. I, I like. I don't mind this. Remember, the, it's a bit nothing, though, isn't it? Yeah, it, it like it is. It absolutely it's is. A look, loop. Look, it's beach bar music, is what it is. Like, yeah, but where? Somewhere sunny. Okay, I don't know. And there's a den. There's a den. Isn't let's, it? Let's go Spain. <laughs> but like, like it's like what I wrote down is it's not the song of the summer, but it's a song for the summer. And, like, remember the kind of seasonal defective disorder that I had a couple of months ago when Chromeo dropped a jam in November? It's called Juice, uh, and I've gone back to it, and I've been like, what a shame that it's not coming out right now. Yeah, like, I mean, frankly, I haven't listened to it since, so if I give it a spin now, I'll probably love it. It's Uh, fabulous. Yeah, so basically, these boys just got the timing right, where it's, like, a very mediocre tune, but they happened to hit a sunny week, and I was just like, yeah, I'm down. Really? I mean, like, it's not great. Like, I'm not going to put it on. Like, go out of my way to throw it on. But if it is, and frankly, it is, the sort of tune that, like, just going to land on some sort of, like, summer party playlist, yeah, I won't <laughs> feel a need to skip over it. Cullen Barbecue Megamix. Next to Anne O'Neill. And the new Nine Inch Nails song, perhaps. Yeah, naturally. Finally this week, Anderson Pack is back, and he's rapping a bit more than usual. The song's called Bubbling. Look, yeah. One in the hand, one in the bag, bubbling. Look at the cash, look at the cash coming in. Come get your man, see a nigga bugging me. Just see the bag, quit out of jaw jackery. Don't even pass me that I don't want none of it. These niggas mad about it, had enough of it. Whoa, watch what you saying, how that popping is shaking. Got me hot as a laser, my posse deep in our rating. We act the fool for the paper, had a dream and I made it. El Camino on Davis, bitches guess over bait. What a surprise. It's really fucking good. Yeah. What can't he do? I don't know. I mean, I've said he has a Midas touch before. Um, frankly, this feels like a victory lap of sorts. Um, oh, it's him showing off now. Yeah, but like, but like as well, like lyrically, I mean, this is him like, you know, flaunting the cash and all the rest of it. Something that he was not want to do before. Uh, we've got two albums coming this year from Anderson Pack, apparently. One solo and one with the band, Free Nationals. He's talked in terms of his solo album about Dre being all over it. Writing, producing, giving him ideas in terms of everything from like tracking to videos and whatnot. Hang on a second. 
I've as part of my kind of uh, sickness over the last few weeks, oh. I, my left ear is kind of blocked. Right. I genuinely don't know if you said Dre or Drake. No, Dre, Doctor Dre. That's the one I wanted to hear. Yeah, <laughs> makes more sense as well. Like, but like, I mean, I guess what I'm saying though is like, I mean, Anderson Pack was Compton's MVP in my opinion. So that could be really good. I mean, it's probably going to be really good anyway because, like we say, Anderson Pack is great. But especially if he's dropping two albums, like if there's going to be a contrast between the two, you would expect the Dre one to be the more, like you do more rapping on Aggressive, it. Aggressive, yeah, yeah, um, for sure. It'll probably also, frankly, be more more current, I suppose, in terms of its storytelling style. Um, and given that, yeah, he's very definitely kind of turned a corner in his career over the past, say, two, three years, um, this could be a taste of what's to come and yeah i like it i mean i mean it's it it, it it's a trap beat but it's been jazzed up thankfully because literally and otherwise i think we're pretty much done with the trap thing anyway aren't we <laughs> uh i thought kendrick was the mvp of compton okay maybe honest pack second john connor third right and snoop dogg was surprisingly good yeah snoop yeah pulled it out not somewhere. a bad album yeah and i look forward to what Anderson pack does next because yeah at the moment it's all it's all fucking in the wind column oh yeah and like he has a storing storytelling ability like in a sense of humor as well okay. it goes like a long way skills goes a long long way now yeah. over to the other listening corner well i've oh, already yeah. i've already done mine so royal wedding on spotify <laughs> dude that when that lad launches into the whole fire analogy I didn't watch any Hairs of this. on the back I didn't of watch neck. any of this. I, I know there was a comedy bishop, but I don't know what you said. Can, can, <laughs> can you... Can you sum... Can you sum it up, please? Comedy bishop. That's what he was. He, I think he was a minister from, like, an Episcopalian church in the comedy United bishop, States. Comedy bishop, Colin. Um... He gave this really, really passionate sermon that just seemed to confuse all the royals in attendance. Uh, confused most people watching, if we're perfectly honest, because it was just like, he looked away for 20 seconds, he came back and he's like, fire! Fire, let the plane bring me here! And I'm just like, whoa, where, where is he getting to now? Like, And this is on Spotify? Yeah, the whole wedding is on Spotify, apparently. Vows um, and all. I can only presume. I know so. I joked about that, but yeah. like, really? No, no, no. It seems so. I did, like I didn't listen to the whole Jesus bloody thing. Jesus Christ! Um, yeah, I just I I knew somebody who hadn't seen it either. So I'm not I just one of these people. By the way, I'm not one of these people who's like, oh, you know, don't enjoy the royal wedding. Enjoy what you enjoy. That's fine. However, I will say this: what a shock it was. Twitter, the amount of people who ordinarily would be like, oh, lol, Brits out. Oh, I'm a West Brit because blah blah. I'm doing something really fucking basic. Right. Uh, the amount of people who were, like, mesmerized by the royal wedding. Ah, I'm, Sorry yeah. for being a West Brit, but Megan looks so pretty. You know what? Why don't you just fucking admit it? Why don't you just say, I like this thing? Yeah. Don't qualify. You're not that cool. Um, yeah. At Hanready Dave. Things that I've actually been listening to, by the way. Uh, Broken Social Scene, because they're here next week, and I'm quite excited about it. I'm going to follow John Missy the same night. Yeah. Um, we will discuss both we will. here next week. Uh, we'll also discuss Follow John Missy's new album next week. Oh, yeah. That's coming. Yeah, which That's I'm, coming. Yeah, which I'm looking forward to listening to legally. Can't wait. When's um, it out? <laughs> <laughs> who knows, mate? Um, oh, yeah, and, and Nick Mulvey as well dropped an EP during the week. Uh, it's called Dancing for the Answers. A um, little sounds, bit different. That sounds nice. Yeah. No, it, it's nice. It, like, he's, he's, he's basically made comments that very, very clearly say that he was, like, just off his face when they were doing it. Um, and so, like, it is a little bit trippy. It has, like, electronic elements. It, like, it borrows a lot of lyrics from old songs. And, like, obviously that kind of, you know, worldly folk music style that he has is still there. So, 
you know, it's more evolution than revolution, put it that way. But uh, That's but, an Alan Partridge line. That's an actual Alan Partridge line. Are you kidding me? What? What you just said. More evolution than revolution. I don't evolve. Or I evolve. I don't revolve. Whatever. Like, yeah, there's an actual <laughs> line from my Alan Partridge that you just threw out. And I was like, what did you just do? Did I just do an accidental partridge? Uh, like, to... Almost verbatim. Either way, Nick Mulvey, very talented. Very I know he's on tour. A friend of mine saw him in the UK last week, actually, said he was excellent. Um, yeah, I don't think he's coming here. And I, if I remember the last time we played Dublin, uh, we did a live show and kept a load of people from it. So, is that uh, right? So thanks for coming, guys. Oh, fantastic. Uh, I've also been listening to The Black Queen, which is the spin-off project from Greg Pucciato of Dillinger Escape Plan fame. They put out their album Fever Daydream a couple of years ago, and I just went back to it. It's kind of fun, icy 80s kind of pop with a bit of a sheen on it. And they announced a tour, and they're not coming to Ireland. Hey. Fantastic. Thanks, lads. Jesus fucking Christ. Uh, so that's the show this week. Um, yeah. I wanted to wait until Craig came back into the studio, but he hasn't. So I'm just going to have to sign off, have to sign off yeah. without him uh, and reprimand him, I guess, in the pub. Like, like, like where? The, like, I, don't, I, I guess so. I don't understand. Okay, Might so, be worth drafting in a replacement in case he's this quiet next week. Fair enough. Yeah, you know what? I think I'm going to sound the alarm and I'm going to bring back... Ring the alarm! I'm going to bring back an old friend next week on the show. All right. Uh, and Craig, if you're listening, you know... It's your call. Down the hall. <laughs> so, uh, good to be back, by the way. I've missed this. Thank you. Uh, thank you, listeners, for staying with the show and for allowing me the time to recuperate and get really violently ill. Uh, so, <laughs> Colm, I've missed you, man. Oh, thanks, buddy. Thanks. We're back. This is the part where you said that you missed me, too. I missed you, too, homie. Okay, thanks. Of course. Before Sorry, go, I was distracted by getting GDPR'd by our former university as well. Don't respond. <laughs> this is our chance to flee. Uh, as always... Exit music on the show. Sorry, I'm very, feeling very fatigued because I still have I still have the fatigue. So I just came over, hit a wall there. I did, yeah. Oh no, no, I hit a wall about twenty minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> I've, been, I've been trying. Oh man, I've been trying. Subplots are an Irish band. They got in touch. They want to be played in the show, and I want you know what, man. I'm in a good mood today. I'll do it. Uh, they are a trio. They've recently added a new member, a drummer and composer named Ross, who I think was the gentleman who emailed me in question. They're kind of split between Ireland and Canada these days, so you know that can't be easy for a band. Yeah. Uh, however, uh, this track, which is called "Unspeak," I really like it. It's when I threw it on, right? I got like about two minutes in. And I had to turn off my Bluetooth speaker, which is not a bad speaker, despite that it's like skull candy or something, which I want to clarify was a gift. And I was like, <laughs> this sounds like, what am I, 14? Like, like uh, this sounds like something that I should be listening to on my really fancy headphones. Mm-hmm. So I threw it on and put it back to the start, almost John Peel style. And yeah, it's good. It's a weird experimental kind of Radiohead, uh, almost like, you know, like soundtracky type thing. And it goes and changes and shifts and moves. And, you know, like, I'm not going to try and describe it any further. Just listen to it. Cullen, thank you very much. Cheers, bro. Craig, not for you. <laughs> My name is David William Hanrady. This has been No Encore. There will be No Encore. And this is Subplots with Unspeak.
This has been a production of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Celebrate this July 4th with a special presentation of A Capital Fourth. Join your host, Vanessa Williams, with performances from Sea to Shining Sea, starring Jimmy Buffett, Gladys Knight, Alan Jackson, Cynthia Erivo, Pentatonix, Renee Fleming, Train, Jennifer Nettles, Mickey Guyton, Jimmy Allen, Ali'i Cravalho, Laura Osnes, Ali Stroker, and the greatest live fireworks display in the USA. It's A Capital Fourth, sponsored by the Boeing Company and American Airlines, Sunday, July 4th, 8, 7 Central only on PBS. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.